Good morning. Welcome to the house of the Lord. Oh, I see it's 930. We're starting on time. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes, on time. You know, I see a few empty chairs. I think not everybody's on time. Hopefully, YouTube, you're on time. Amen. Christians should not be late. You know, God's always on time. That's what they tell me. God's always on time. So we should be on time. Amen. All right, let's pray. Father in heaven, Father in heaven, yeah, I'm going to move my hands. Father in heaven, we thank you for today that we can come and become a member of the congregation and join and have fellowship. Break the bread, cast the bread upon many waters and teach and train, equip. Lord, this is, uh, what town does your giant live in? I ask you to let the people receive the teaching and begin to function and operate in the kingdom of heaven to slay their giants in jesus name amen so week number three are you getting tired of what town does your giant live in i hope not it's a spiritual uh thing that we're teaching uh we don't really have living giants in the flesh any longer that i know of i haven't seen one but we do have spiritual giants so michelle if you'll flip me off to the Next slide. That didn't sound right, did it? <laughs> Flip the slides to the next. Oh, so um, is that, uh, that can't be the right slide. So we'll do a little bit of review. Yes, a little bit of review, and then we'll... All right, so Jesus tried to explain the invisible kingdom by things that we could see in the visible, like corn, wheat, bread. And so there's a connection there, and I'm trying to make that connection here with this teaching. Genesis, this is review, Genesis 13, 12 and 13. Abram, which was later called Abraham, dwelled in the land of Canaan. And Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. We know the story. These are spirits, a spirit of homosexuality and lesbianism, along with all other sexual perversions, are Canaanite spirits. The spirits were operating in Sodom and Gomorrah in every state and every country around the globe right now the canaanite spirits are operating in the gay pride and trance whatever you want to call it abc xyz movements canaanite spirits are spirits of carnal excess and disillusion we know this a tree is known by its fruit look at the fruit Learn to recognize the function. This is what we call discernment. Learn to recognize the action. There are actions that people do that are connected to the spiritual realm. Learn to discern it. If you, you don't need to know the name of the demon to cast it out. You cast out the function. Amen. The name Canaanite means trafficker. What number are we on now, please, Michelle? 
two more slides, and then you can put me up to slide. Okay. Two more slides, and I want you to go to 96. We have trafficking now. Lust and greed for material goods. The same exact description given to Satan and Ezekiel. Uh, he's a trafficker, and there's a lot of trafficking going on around the globe. There's human trafficking. There's drug trafficking and anything. Your black market is the traffic. It's alive and well. Thou hast been in the Garden of Eden of God. This is talking about Satan. Uh, we read that last week. All the good. He was, he was great looking. Uh, gold. The workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day thou wast created. God created Lucifer and then he sinned and he was called Satan. Okay, I think we can go to 96. This is a review. We've, if you haven't seen these teachings, you can go back on YouTube, the internet, and find them. Teaching 1, teaching 2 about what town does your giant live in. The spiritual connections. Amen. Stay tuned for station identification. Technology is wonderful when it works. Amen. We have fresh bread here. If you are hungry, come to Plano, Texas. Get your bread right here. Homemade bread. Today we have a special recipe made by Pastor Stan. Manna from Stan called Stan Manna or... <laughs> All right. Okay, back to the teaching. This giant, uh, the Canaanite spirit, this giant or evil spirit causes all the thirst for political power, wealth, and great riches. And boy, do we not see the fight between the left and the right. And the, you got to have the jab. And I mean, they're fighting in every area. Wealth, riches, amen. It's a driving force behind all pride and self-esteem or low self-esteem. The Canaanite spirit uses wealth and material gain to bring God's people into compromise and backsliding. Whose people? God's people? That means Christians. That means you have a target on your back and the Canaanite spirit's looking to find you out, to trip you up with pride and compromise. You know, the gospel is pretty much black or white. It's similar to being, uh, can't be a little bit pregnant. You either are or you ain't. And so compromise and backsliding is where we cannot go. We cannot go. We cannot compromise. This giant promises great fulfillment and happiness, but usually the end is in chaos, destruction, and the ultimate aim is spiritual death. If we're going to die, we know we're all going to die, but we sure don't want to die spiritually. Amen? It was this evil power that caused Esau <coughs> excuse me, to sell his birthright for a plate of beans. So this is a review here, too. We talked about this last week. Um, so let's move along with this story because I've got a lot more uh, things to tell you. So the bottom line is uh, he sold his birthright for food. He said, what profit is my birthright to me? This displeased God. And 
Even today, people sell their soul to the devil. It's pretty bold. Uh, you can Google it on the internet and you'll see a whole host of people that have, you know, boldly proclaim that Satan is their God. It's crazy. Jacob said, swear to me this day, and he swore unto him. He sold his birthright. And so he fed him. And it says, the scripture says, Esau despised his birthright. Now, we all have a birthright, and what Satan tries to do is he tries to steal our identity. This is our, we have a birthright. Here's our birthright, 1 Peter 2.9. You are a chosen generation. You got to always remember this scripture. This is a memory scripture. Royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, which means special or purchased or your God's possession. You know, the scripture says we're like the apple of God's eye. If somebody comes to pick on this, our big brother Jesus is standing behind us to back us up. And he's going to get those people if you're walking in covenant with Jesus Christ. This is who we are. We need to remember that because a lot of Christians are beat up. They're breaking God's law. That's why they're getting beat up. But you get back on track. And this is, this is our birthright. And Satan's trying to steal it from us. This is our part. That we should show, this is the other half of the scripture. That we should show forth the praises of him, Jesus, who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. Praise and worship the Lord, read the word, walk holy before him. This giant caused the children of God to be destroyed by causing them to lust and complain. They said, we want to go back to Egypt where we got onions and leeks and quail. They should have just came to Nevada, Texas. We have that. We have it. Come to Nevada, Texas. Don't lust and complain. Come, I'll feed you quail and onions. <laughs> This spirit likes to program and control people. I know what you're saying. I'm not programmed. Well, trust me, if you're watching TV and listening to the radio, you're getting plenty of it. This spirit caused Israel's defeat at Ai because Achan hid a beautiful garment and some silver and gold in his tent. Well, does God have a problem with silver and gold? No. The point of this story was there was an accursed thing. And they're today even accursed things that we cannot have in our possession or the doors open for Satan to attack. Or God could attack. You know, don't fear he who can destroy body, fear who can destroy body and soul in hellfire, which is the king. You know, Stan talks about, you know, I kill, I make alive. I wound, I heal, and none can deliver out of my hand, says God. So, it also not only cost Achan his life, but his children as well, Joshua 7, 1 through 26. So, Achan took something that the Lord told him not to do. He broke God's law, and he and his whole family. And this, well, you'll see in Exodus and Leviticus and Deuteronomy, where the curse will come upon a family and it will attach to the children to the third and fourth generation. And I know a lot of people don't like that, but I didn't set this up. This is God's law and we cannot break it. Yes, it's Old Testament, but it's still, the curse still works today. 
and we don't have to worry about a demon or a spirit or a curse attaching to us if we're walking holy before the Lord because Proverbs 26 2 says the curse it says as a bird by flying uh, as something like this as the sparrow by flying as a bird by flittering the curse causeless shall not come so if you're under a curse or have something attached to you that is preventing you from moving ahead spiritually there's a reason that that's there and you have to find out the reason and then break the curse repent break the curse cast out the spirits and then walk holy before the lord and you don't have to worry about the spirits of darkness attacking you and your family or your children amen this guy broke god's law so the door went open and uh, he had a terrible fate Let's look at this, Joshua 7, 24 and 25. And Joshua, the leader after Moses, crossed over to the promised land. They're slaying all the evil inhabitants, all the ites, the Canaanites, the Amorites, the uh, rest of the ites. It says, and Joshua and all Israel, see, it was all Israel, like all of God's children, all the Christians, with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, and the silver and the garment and the wedge of gold, which is what he stole, which uh, he was supposed to destroy it. And his sons and his daughters, this, they destroyed his whole family. And they took his oxen, his asses, which are donkeys, and his sheep and his tent. I mean, they took everything and all that he had, and they brought them unto the valley of Achor where he met his end. Verse 25, And Joshua said, Why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. See, we really don't have to worry about our dirty devil enemy. We have to worry and fear the Lord. And let me tell you, after this day, everybody feared the Lord. So he said, The Lord shall trouble you this day and all Israel. It wasn't just the member you know joshua this was the whole think of it as the whole church stoned him with stones and they burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones now that's what they were supposed to do originally go wipe out the canaanites kill man woman child oxen take nothing for a spoil but achan took spoil and hid it in his tent and then when they went to ai to battle they couldn't stand before their enemies and so now they're, the Lord says, bring them, present them before me. And they went tribe by tribe, man by man, and, and Achan confessed. And that was his end. This is a spiritual law that still operates today. We cannot break God's law. There's consequences for sin. Amen? Okay. This evil spirit caused Saul to obey God and to lose his kingdom. In Samuel, yeah, he disobeyed. Saul was good-looking and strong, but he was not real. Uh, he would say he's not the sharpest knife in the drawer. He, he didn't respect God, and he paid a heavy price for it. So 1 Samuel 15, let's look at this. Samuel also said, this is a prophet, Samuel the prophet also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint thee. So they anointed this guy. He's got God's spirit all over him and made him king over his people, over Israel. Now, therefore, 
This is hearken. It says, pay attention to the voice of the words of the Lord. To you, pay attention to God's voice. What is that? The Bible. Thus saith the Lord of hosts. I remember. This is God speaking. God remembers things. He doesn't forget. He's like more smarter than an elephant that they don't forget. Well, God remembers. Thus saith the Lord of hosts. I remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how we laid wait for him, how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. No, the story is they cross over to the promised land and they go, well, we got to go through your territory to get to where we're going. And many people said, no, we're not going to let you. You pass around. You go around. Don't come through here because we're going to fight you. Well, this is what the Lord is saying. Remember when you came in from the promised land? They didn't let you go. The Lord remembers. He says now. He's talking to Saul. So this is after they crossed into the promised land. And many years later, Saul's king, they didn't want to hear from God from the mountain because it was thundering and lightning. They were going, no, you speak to, they told Moses, you speak to God. We're afraid. And so, but they wanted a king. We want to be like all the other nations. Make us a king. So finally, you know, okay, fine, whatever. Uh, God didn't want it that way, and neither did Samuel. And the people wanted it. So God gave them what they wanted. Verse 3, now go and smite Amalekek, Amalek, which is a giant. These were giants even in that day. They still had giants because Israel in the old times did not wipe these guys out. They let them, they stopped fighting. They just dwelled among them. You know, we're not supposed to allow the giants in our life to continue to live in our presence. Amen. So God is saying, again, destroy all that they have and spare them not but slay and here is the thing that people have a problem with they what he's saying is kill all men kill all women kill all children now the people that say jesus would never hurt a fly you you need to read this he's saying kill the children the infants the little you know babies that are helpless they're cursed these people are under a curse they're amalek didn't let the people cross over. And God remembers that, and he's still upset. Men, women, infants, sucklings, ox, sheep, camel, and ass. He's saying, wipe these people out. That's what he told Saul to do. Our God, who wouldn't hurt a fly. And Saul, the king now, gathered the people together and numbered them in Telaim, 200,000 footmen and 10,000 men of Judah. Well, that is a lot of, that's a pretty good-sized army, right? And Saul came to a city of Amalek and laid wait in the valley. That means he set up an ambush. He's hiding in the bushes, waiting for him to come out and get him from behind, right? And Saul said unto the Kenites, another tribe of ites, Go, depart, get you down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. So God showed and Saul showed favor to the Kenites. Why did they do that, Pastor Lou? For you showed kindness to all the children of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So they're with Moses, crossing over the Jordan River, going to their promised land, and so the Amalekites wouldn't let them pass through their land. They had to go around. But the Kenites showed them favor. 
See, God also remembers that. He knows what's done in the darkness and what's done in the light. He remembers. He sees all. Amen. So he's remembering. So they let the Kenites leave because they showed kindness to all the children of Israel. So the Kenites left. They departed from among the Amalekites. And Saul smote the Amalekites. This means he had war with the Amalekites from Havilah, the land of gold, unto thou, until thou comest to Shur, that is over against Egypt. He wiped these guys out and chased them down and, and got them. Good job. Way to go, Saul. Yeah, but. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Tony. A big but right in there. So Saul... I told you he wasn't the sharpest knife in the drawer. Here's what he did. And he took Agag, this is the Amalekite king, alive. He did not kill him and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. So he wiped out all the Amalekites, but he let the wicked king live. Bad, bad choice. Bad choice. This is against God. Remember the gladiators, they're fighting in the Roman Colosseum and they, one gets wounded, he's laying down and they look up to the Caesar and he goes, that means they take their life. Well, that's what happened here. There's a big but. But Saul and the other people spared Agag. See, it wasn't just Saul, it says Saul and the other people. So you could say Saul and Israel. We could say Saul and church. You know, make this spiritual now. The pastors in the church let these wicked spirits of homosexuality, or put your name on it, these spirits stay. We, we can't let these spirits dwell among us. We have to eradicate them. Amen. Okay, so back to the story. Saul and the people spared Agag, and the best of the sheep... And of the oxen, of the fatlings, and of the lambs, and all that was good. Now, see, he's doing the same thing Achan did. You know, everything that was good, he's, you know, he let the king live, and he's taken all the good stuff. Now, good. It says, and would not utterly destroy them, but everything that was vile and refuse, that they utterly destroyed. So, what they didn't want to keep, the trash... It was worthless. They destroyed it. They burned it. You know, they didn't keep that. But all the other good stuff they kept. Now, this story goes on and on and on. We could talk about this for quite a while. This is a good memory verse, a good uh, study, meditate type verse. Uh, for In 23, for rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is iniquity and idolatry. Because thou has rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected thee from being king. So think about this. How many bad words are in this one verse? We have rebellion, sin, witchcraft, stubbornness, iniquity, idolatry. That's a lot of bad words that we're not supposed to be connected to. This is a part that I say normal Christians, the mainstream Christianity, they don't get this because they think I'm a good person. You know, basically they're saying, I got to deal with God. We're like this, two peas in a pod. God loves me. There's nothing wrong with me. But this 
says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. So if you're a rebel, God looks at you like Harry Potter, like a witch, like a warlock, which is against, it's an abomination to the Lord. We're not supposed to be doing witchcraft. This is rebellion. Rebellion is turning away from God. You heard about Jesus, maybe even said the prayer, but you're not going to church. You don't read your Bible. You live your life the way you want to. This is rebellion, and it's a sin as witchcraft. Now, I'm telling you, this is sin. We don't know what sin is. Trust me, we do not know what sin is, because if we really did, we would live our lives a different way, and our children wouldn't be sick, and we wouldn't be broke, and we wouldn't have all the troubles that we're having. Oh, it's mighty quiet in here. Stubbornness. Think about this. Stubbornness is as iniquity. Iniquity is a sin you cannot break. It's something you repent for. But it's like the drug addict. Uh, they take drugs, they get high, they crash and burn, and then the next day they get up and they got to have their fix because they're addicted. They cannot stop. They want to stop, but they can't. This is an over and over and over and over sin. So you need to go to rehab, dry out, or you need to come, uh, you know, many things. Deliverance, cast out the spirit so that you can function and get, then get back on track. Repenting, iniquity is as idolatry. No, I know that mainstream Christianity says we don't have idols. That was the Old Testament. They set up Dagon, the fish god, bowed down before it. If you're stubborn... That's idolatry. Think about it, YouTube people. If you're stubborn, you got an idol. This is God's word. You cannot break this. You know, spiritual idolatry. We don't have to have the Buddha. We don't have to have the shrine. We don't have to have that. We can just put something in our heart before Jesus Christ, and it's an idol. Could be wealth, could be sex, could be a man or a woman. You could idolize your pastor. Don't do that. Okay. These are sins that mainstream Christianity doesn't think that they're involved in, but I'm telling you, they are involved. This is real. It still operates today in our lives. And the end of this says, He hath also rejected thee from being king. Now, Hosea 4, 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you have rejected the Lord. You know, we, we don't think that we reject God. It's so easy to do. The cares of this world, riches, deceit, false teaching, itching ears. We talked about that. All kinds of things can get in our way, trip us up. Satan is actively working. And even though we have authority over him and can put him under our feet, he's a supernatural being. He's not dumb. I say he's dumb many times, but he was dumb because he thought he could overpower God. But to us, he's smart. He's supernatural, supernatural smart. He knows the Bible pretty good too better than we do, let me tell you for sure. 
So just because we have authority over him doesn't mean that we can, you know, it's like a rattlesnake. You know, if we had a rattlesnake up here, you better not turn your back on that guy. You know, you got to respect him, even though we can put him under our feet, right? We can't play around with this stuff. We got to eradicate him. That's the point here. So this is, let's back up. So Saul, Saul took Agag, the king, which he was supposed to wipe out, let him live. And then it says he would not utterly. Yes, my wife says that's a principality, the king. This is a, like, in the second heaven, you have the principalities that they talk about in Daniel. You know, I was held up by the prince of Persia. That's a principality. Uh, they're not little slimy frog spirits that we cast out of people that are, anybody can cast out of slimy little demon but these guys are armored and they have authority and they have territories and they rule states cities and governments they're big they are powerful this is the king it's a principality so he let him live and utterly dis, uh, would not utterly destroy them and everything that was vile and refuse that they threw throughout but the other good stuff they kept so the lord says for rebellion is a sin of witchcraft. You didn't obey my voice, Saul. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. He has, Samuel speaking this. A prophet is saying, these words I speak for God. And when he said that, Saul lost his kingdom. It says, he hath also rejected thee from being king. See, you let the one king live. You lost your kingship. He stole his identity. You know, you're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. He took Saul's identity. Well, actually, Saul. Anyway, so he got the rejection slip. Okay, here's a little funny cartoon. Don't blame God when your life falls apart. Amen. It was your choice to reject his word. We have a choice, and our God is not a dictator. He's not like the people in power of America that want to break the Constitution and rule us like a communist government. Our God's a gentleman, you know. He says, I set before you life and death, therefore choose life. He knows we'll make the wrong choice. He says, choose life, choose life so you may live in your children. But he doesn't force us to read the Bible, go to church, pray, walk holy before the Lord. He lets us make that choice. We have a choice. Amen. Amen. The Canaanite spirit also influenced Influenced Judas to betray Jesus for 30 pieces of silver and then go hang himself. So this is the greed. He had greed. He was a money changer, right? He kept the offerings, and I'm sure he took whatever he wanted for himself. He was greedy. It's a Canaanite spirit. This spirit also deceived Ananias and Sapphira, his wife. Read Acts. We've talked about it. Bible study in church. Pastor Stan has gone through Acts over and over and over. I love it. Miracles, signs, and wonders. Husband and wife, both destroyed. You see the connection? This is a, yeah, same spirit. Men have the spiritual authority in the home, and if you're doing something stupid, it's going to come down and attach to your wife and your children and your finances and all you know just keep on doing wrong rejecting god and uh in the end you're going to be very sorry 
This giant is the spirit behind all wars. Amen. You know, we've had a lot of wars. Somebody's making money. You know, they make a problem. We have the answer. Here's the solution. Bingo. You got a war going on, and they're just, it's their cash cow. It's how they, you know, I mean, this stuff is real. These people worship Satan, and they do rituals and sacrifices and pray to their God, and things shift in the atmosphere, and the Christians are going like, hey, we had church. Let's go back to work. This is so awesome. I'm blessed. You know, we're getting our butt kicked because we don't know how to fight in the spirit and pull these strongholds down and eradicate the Canaanite spirit and all the other Amorite spirits and these wicked spirits. They're invisible, so you can't see them, but that doesn't mean they're not there. They're still operating. The spirit seeks through war, want, poverty, or an overabundance of wealth, you know? Some of these blessings will come in finances. It doesn't mean that the windows of heaven are open and pouring out for you, right? Satan has finances too. He can heal you. The devil can heal you. I'm not going to tell you the books I've read about how the witch doctors and things have healed people, but it's possible. And even in uh, Revelation, it says they'll do signs and wonders that could deceive us. That's how good it's going to be. Christians will say, this guy is the Lord. He's anointed, and it's a satanic operation. This is how you have to learn, you know, the invisible spirit. What's really, what, what are you really seeing? And so don't, I'll give you the easiest way to figure this out. Don't chase the signs and wonders. Find out what type of fruit the tree is bearing. If it's rotten fruit, trust me, it's bad signs and wonders. You know, it's not coming from our God. Yeah, it has a price to pay. Thank you, Tony. So the, the, the evil side can give you abundance. They sell their soul to the devil and they're on television. The, the veil opens up and they get blessings. You know, they become famous. Are they happy? No, they still commit suicide and broken homes, broken marriages. They're not happy. Money will not make you happy. Amen. Overabundance of wealth and to destroy your faith in lives of the people of God. That would be us, you know. So just because you're sitting on a big pile of blessing doesn't mean that uh, you can't be deceived. So, you know, I know we got some things that we're hoping is going to come and fall on my lap. And I've asked the Lord, don't change me when I get a lot of money. I don't want to change. I don't want to walk away from God because I've got so much money. I don't need him anymore. You know, people say he's got more money than God. Well, that's what they think. But, you know, <laughs> they're going to be a hot day on Judgment Day. So if you have a lot of money, uh, use it for to build the kingdom of heaven. You know, we, we're looking for a five, six, seven million dollar church. If you're been blessed, hey, come and talk to Pastor Stan. We could have a nice uh, meeting with you. Uh, good bread and coffee. Amen. <laughs> and you can bless the kingdom of God. So into some uh, a ministry that actually stands on God's word, reads the King James Bible and doesn't compromise. Amen. This will be a spirit that will cause many, cause many to be destroyed in the last days. Do you think we're in the last days? It's going to cause many to be destroyed. 
They will seek for what this world offers and will be carried away into destruction. This, it's this spirit that's king over the prosperity message. All blessings, you know, Jesus is love and he blesses us. Yes, he's also the righteous judge. So you can't just eat this candy out of the smorgasbord. You got to eat the spinach and the broccoli and the asparagus. You got to read the whole book. They thought God just wanted them to be rich. You don't have a problem with that. Our God is filthy rich. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He's got all the gold and silver. You know, he don't need us to come and, and sow into his kingdom. He could do what he wants. Uh, he blesses and, you know, he reigns on the just and the unjust. Amen. He doesn't, God has no problem with money. Yeah, our God is righteous rich, not filthy rich. The devil's filthy rich, you dirty dog. Amen. Our God is righteous rich. Thank you, Pastor Stan. Big difference. Amen. Here's, here's how to get prosperity. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then you'll get your blessings. Amen. We have to seek the kingdom of God. And most churches don't even know what the kingdom of God is. They just, oh, please help me. Bless me. Let my kids have good school and grow up smart. And, you know, that's a Band-Aid prayer. That's a baby Christian prayer. Pray something like, I rebuke the spirits over America. I ask, uh, you know, judgment to come down. Follow the house of the Lord first. Get rid of all the funny business. And change the atmosphere. Shift things. Let the Christians rise up. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. You know, we should be the most blessed, the most happy, the most prosperous people. So that, you know, we make them jealous. How come you are blessed all the time? Glad you ask. You know, we're not supposed to be sick. You know, everybody that goes into the hospital dying of COVID. We've cured heart attacks, brain disease, diabetes. It's all COVID. So if we get that one under a belt, everybody will be living forever, right? We got to seek the kingdom. Greed is king. Greed is king. We can't be greedy as a Christian. It's sin. Remember this movie? Wall Street. The, the whole theme was greed is good. You know, this is Hollywood, or as we say around here, Hollywood. That's against God's word, right? We're not supposed to have greed. This is a Canaanite spirit. Greed is a Canaanite spirit. This giant tempted Jesus. Jesus was tempted in every way, the scripture says. How was he tempted in every way? Lust of the eyes, pride of life, lust of the flesh, and every time he defeated Satan, what did he defeat it with? The sword of the Lord, the spirit, the word of God. He said, it is written. And that's what we got to do. Devil, it is written. You don't got no place in me or my family. And get out of my face and don't come back. And um, so Satan took Jesus when he was fasting. You know, he's weak and hungry. That's when he likes to come. When you're sleeping and you're dreaming, he comes in your dreams, right, Sunni? Tries to plant some thoughts in your head. Or when you're weak and fasting. And he goes, bow down and worship me and I'll give you all these kingdoms. Well, they already belong to Jesus anyway. And he said it's written. Worship only the Lord thy God. This giant was behind the feudings between Lot and Abraham. 
You know, they had too many animals, too many critters, and they had to separate. So they were feuding. Read it and laugh. The Hatfields and McCoys. So Zim Hatfields think they're better off than us McCoys because they have a door in their outhouse. Okay, it's, a lot of these schisms and arguments start over something so stupid it's childish. But then it grows into a mountain, you know. And in the church, what happens is you split. So we are not supposed to take an offense. And these spirits will operate and go, the pastor didn't shake my hand this week. He's mad at me. I'm not coming back. Stupid stuff, right? Or he's doing a message and he's going like oh my goodness he's talking to me I'm offended you know he's just preaching God's word God's word is offensive that's right if you get sin in your life it's offensive oh I'm talking to somebody your defense against this power is in the word of God it is God's word it's alive it's still living read it and you'll get revelation amen He'll show you the deep and secret things. Don't just read the Bible. Pray first. Ask the Lord to show you the hidden meanings. You know, like the parables. Jesus taught parables and the disciples pulled him aside. What's that mean? He's explaining the invisible kingdom by things you can see in the natural. The natural that's happening in your life right now is connected to the spirit. And the good news is if you don't like what's happening in your life now, speak the right you know, agree with God, speak his words, stand in faith, move in faith, and you're going to shift the spiritual realm, which will shift the natural realm. Hey, they're saying amen. Woo, woo. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, we're getting close to more bread eating time. Remember, this giant is able to slay young Christians by showing them the lack of things and money in the natural realm that they do not possess or own. Now, if you're a youngster, of course you haven't been able to go out in the world and make a lot of money and, and get a lot of possessions. But the devil, like you said, the carrot, waving the carrot, look at what you don't have. So they're chasing after all the gold and silver and whatever they don't have. You know, you don't need to go to church. They just want your money, right? How many times have we heard that? You know, like, we want your money. How stupid is that? You know, I don't have to ask people for money. I have a God that supplies my needs, and I don't talk to you guys. I talk to him. I don't need your money. I'm connected to the best banker in the world, Jesus Christ. But young Christians, that means they're baby Christians. They don't know who they are in Christ. They haven't figured that out yet. They haven't been discipled. They haven't read the word of God. Or if they have read the word of God, they haven't understood it because they're not filled with the Holy Ghost. Another story for another day. But they're baby Christians. And so they're easily tempted and fall quickly. And I've seen it with a lot of young Christians go off to college. They come back home. You can't believe the ideas that they come out of their head. Not Christian. You think, well, I've, this kid's been in church his whole life. But, you know, they got indoctrinated. They're spirits. And they're baby Christians. They haven't learned how to fight and stand on their own and resist the devil. 
A lot of Christians can't fight the devil off. Well, they got sin in their life, number one. But even if they're doing the best they can, they still don't know how to fight and win. They haven't been trained. This is why you need to come to a training and equipping church. Learn and get filled with the Holy Ghost so you can have power. So when you land one on the devil's face, he stands back and goes, Hey, I better watch out for that guy. I better watch out for that girl. They could hurt me. Yeah, we can if you know who you are in Christ. That's how you need to come to church and get trained and equipped. Amen. So, Father, I don't know how much more we got, but I think this is the end. Three weeks on this is enough. You, you should be able to go back on YouTube and, and get this and watch it and understand what I'm trying to teach you. Father in heaven, we thank you for the raisin bread. We thank you for the non-raisin bread and non-GMO bread. Lord, we bless it. We ask you to let these people have a good fellowship and come back in 15 minutes. We will have church in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Good morning, everyone. Well, if you can't hear me, you might need to go check out a doctor because this is really loud up here. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. All right, lots of announcements, lots of things to be handed out. Um, first of all, uh, Tony, Pastor Tony is going to Honduras. When do you leave? Okay, the 25th, so next Monday, and you're gone for how long, a week? A week. So we want to make sure we have people praying for him each and every day while he's gone. So we want to make sure we're going to pass around a prayer sheet to make sure that we're fasting and praying while he's gone over there overseas and uh, ministering to a lot of the people there. So um, Sharonda is going to start handing around some of those. Also, next week, what's next weekend? Is it a week early? Good point. So it's not next Sunday. Someone said next Sunday, and I was like, oh, you threw me off. Okay. <laughs> like, keep thinking next week. Well, that means we still have time to pass these around. Um, if you need more, we have some at the front. Also, Sharonda has some. So make sure you grab some of these. I can always get more printed. Hand these out to all the people around you, friends, family, loved ones. We want to start growing and start getting people involved, and they need to hear the word of the Lord, and this is the best opportunity to bring them on a friend day. We're going to have entertainment. We're going to have fun. We're going to have food. We're going to still have our normal service hours, the 930 and the 1030. So uh, bring them, have them come. And when I mean bring them, you have to sometimes, what did my dad say? You have to hog tie them and pull them. Kind of do sometimes. It, it's sad, but you do. You know, call, text, pick them up, whatever you need to do. Get them coming because they do need to hear, and this would be the perfect opportunity. Uh, let's see. Bible study has started back up, so meet at 6.30 to 8. If you'd like to come a little earlier and get some food at Whataburger next door, come at 5.30, and you can meet Stan. He'll be over there waiting. We also have, let's see, Thanksgiving. So we're going to go ahead and start been passing around the list for Thanksgiving, those who are coming, make sure you put your name down for each person in the family. So for me, family of five, I'm going to write down each person, not just Leslie plus five. 
That way we make sure we remember, oh, that one's a kid, or that one's a baby, or, okay, that was the spouse, and we know that, did I remember, do I forgot to put my husband on there or not? You have the full list. We're good. Um, that's also another really good opportunity to bring family, friends, and loved ones in to come and fellowship would be on that Thanksgiving because it'll be fun and entertaining for them. At the same time, they're going to be getting the word of the Lord and the truth in them. So that's another time. It'll be November 14th, one service only, starting at 10. Um, that will be on the 14th of November. So put that on your calendars as well. Uh, I think that's it for announcements. Any prayer requests or praise reports? Yes. Any praise reports? Yes, sir. Okay, come here. This is Tony, Pastor Tony. Going to Honduras. Okay, um, there's a lady in in Venezuela. Her name is Maria. I don't know her, but they wrote to me if we could pray for her because she has cancer, you know, and just that. Maria. Yeah. Maria. Okay. The Monday next week, next Monday. Yes, yeah. we have a list going around for him to, to sign for us to sign up fast in prayer mm -hmm. awesome all right well let's stand up yes absolutely I'll hear that good so you have a relative that finally found a home to move into and moving in today awesome well that is a praise report and a prayer request all in one yeah moving can be can be very uh, difficult sometimes so absolutely <laughs> well let's stand up and let's bow our heads and pray would you like to lead prayer or? Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. let's get our heart together before the Lord thank you Father God in the name of Jesus Christ we come to you I thank you for your provision you made for us through your son, Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit. We can come to your throne room as a time of we need something from you. You made a way. Lord, I thank you for that, Lord. We don't need to sacrifice bulls and bullocks and goats and sheep, Lord. We can come because the blood of Jesus has been shed before us, Lord. So we praise you and worship you for who you are. Lord, you already know how we act and how we walk about, Lord, even before we know. And you made a provision for us. And I thank you so much for your love for us, Lord. And we acknowledge you. You are our God, my God, the same God that Abraham, the Jacob, and Isaac Worship. Same God. No other God, Lord. If there's anything in our heart, we put, we set before you, Lord. We repent right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And we ask your blood to speak for us and wash us. And make it right again with you, Lord, at this moment and this time. So you can hear our cry and our desire and our heart. So when we pray... In the name of Jesus Christ, we will not be shaken by anything. And we believe it will come to pass. Because you fulfill our desirable heart. You put it in. So I thank you, Lord. Lord, we praise and worship you with beginning this second service. 
Lord, we ask Holy Spirit to come and move among us because you are our helper and you are right next to us and help us time of need. So every heart's desiring something from you, Lord. So we ask you to speak for every one of us, including pastor stand and leadership. And let us just come totally in awe with you and lay everything this world brings and be focused on you and worship you, not just outwardly, but inside. I would throw our hearts, Lord. So I thank you. I ask you to bless this service, bless the uh, teaching and sermon, bless this worship, Lord. And I come against any other spirit other than God's spirit. I rebuke it and I cast that out from this place right now in the name of Jesus. And the spirit of God come and have your way here with us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 All right, are you guys free? Come on, are you free? I can't hear you, are you free? Hallelujah, come on, let's put our hands together. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is peace. There is love. Where there's love, there's joy. There is joy. Hallelujah. It is for freedom. It is for freedom you've set us free. Yes, it's true, Lord. It is for freedom you set us free. Come on, here we go. One, two, three. I'm free. Yes, I'm free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And there is peace. Where there's peace, there's love. Where there's love, there's always joy. It is for freedom you've set us free. Yes, it's true, Lord. It is for freedom. It is for freedom you've set us free. Come on. One, two, three. I'm free. Yes, I'm free. Come on, take a spin of the Lord. I'm free. Yes, I'm free. Let's get those feet moving. We will walk in your freedom, walk in your liberty. We will walk in your freedom, walk in your liberty. Now it's time to dance. 
will dance in your freedom, dance in your liberty. We will dance in your freedom, dance in your liberty. The Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. Come on, shout it from the rooftops, nice and loud. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. <laughs> yeah. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Hallelujah. Sing, it is for freedom. It is for freedom you set us free. It is for freedom. It is for freedom you set us free. One, two, three, I'm free. Come on, church. See those hands nice and high. Keep those feet moving. Come on. Yes, I'm free. And I'm free. I'm free. We're free to shout his name. Amen. I'm free. Jesus. I'm free. I'm free. Yes, I'm free. And I'm free. Come on, let's get those feet moving. We will walk in your freedom, walk in your liberty. We will walk in your freedom, walk in your liberty. Now time to take a little dance. We will dance in your freedom, dance in your liberty. We will dance in your freedom, dance in your liberty. Nice and loud yelling, I'm free. Here we go. I'm free. Yes, I'm free. I'm free. One more time, really loud. I'm free. Now everybody together singing. I'm free. Yeah, hallelujah. King of kings and Lord of lords, he is worthy to be praised. We are free and free indeed. Hallelujah. Come on, see those hands clapping. Thank you, Lord. Who am I that you are mindful of me? that you hear me when I call. Singing, is it true? Is it true that you are thinking of me? That you hear me? It's amazing. Singing, who am I? Who am I that you are mindful of me? That you hear me when I call. Is it 
true, Lord? Is it true that you are thinking of me? How you love me? It's amazing. I am a friend of God. Yes, I am a friend of God. Come on, say it. Cause I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. I am a friend of God. Yes, I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. Singing, who am I? Who am I that you are mindful of me? That you hear me when I call? Oh, is it true, Lord? Is it true that you are thinking of me? How you love me. It's amazing, so amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Oh, I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. Yes, I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. Calling him Father God, I love you. God Almighty, Lord of glory, you have called me friend. Singing, God Almighty. God Almighty, Lord of glory, you have called me I am a friend of God. Let me see your hands clapping. I am 
joyful thing to say that I am a friend of God. Amen. Come on, let me hear you singing out loud. I am a friend of God. Hallelujah. I am a friend of God. Yes, I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. He calls me friend. He calls me friend. Come on. He calls me friend. Hallelujah. King of kings and Lord of lords, we come humbly before you. You deserve the glory. You do call us our friend.
worship His holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul, I'll worship Your holy name. I will worship Your holy Lord, I will worship your holy name. Okay, I'm sensing the people, our brother and sister here. You want to tell Father God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, you love them. I mean, honestly, you want to tell them. But something is saying you really don't feel like you can say that. You don't have that breakthrough in your heart to really tell father i love you jesus i love you holy spirit i love you uh, that's coming into my heart so what i really like to do i already talked to the pastor stan so those who don't be embarrassed because i was there and i'm thank god i can tell him i love him now okay and something was blocking so those who want prayer raise your hand raise your hand don't be embarrassed because something is blocking. Okay? So you, you, so you guys can sing just slowly. So leadership, uh, Pastor Lou can go pray for men. Uh, Pastor Stan, uh, those people, keep your hands up. Or you can come forward here. Why don't you come out? Come out. Come out. Be honest. Be honest because uh, we're going to pray. For you to really be able to tell the Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, you really love him and remove that blockage. Yeah. So come on. Come forward. Okay. Pastor Stan. I know because I was there. I wanted to say so much, but I couldn't really say it in my heart. And I didn't want to just do the lip service. So come forward. What does she do? Your holy presence living in me. This is my daily bread. Yes, it is, Lord. This is my daily bread. Your very to me and I I'm desperate for you and I I'm lost without you This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. Your holy presence. Living. 
this is my daily bread. This is my daily bread. Hallelujah. Your very word spoken to me. some praise this morning. Come on, let's give him some praise this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for this time. We can come and give you the praise and glory and honor. You are great and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We need you. We are lost and desperate without you, Father God. We love you. We want more love and more power in our lives. Thank you, Father God. We thank you for this time to truly and openly Praise your name. Hallelujah. And Lord, right now we thank you for Pastor Stan coming up here and giving the word of the Lord. And Lord, we ask that you would just anoint him from the top of the head to the soles of his feet. And Father God, that he would be a willing vessel to you. And that you would open up our hearts to, he to hear and receive, Father God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Guess we'll do offering at the end. 
Grace be unto him which, which is, which was, which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before the throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, of the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sin in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests unto God and to his Father. To you, Lord, be all glory and dominion forever and ever. We ask that you show us the deep and secret things. Help us to understand the power in your name and what you have us to do in these last days. In Jesus' name, and the congregation said, Amen. Amen. And yeah, it is warm up here. If you could aim that on me, that'd be good. Okay, so we're talking about power to walk in miracles today. We're going to start in 1 Corinthians 14. We're going to pick up about three slides where we left off last week because there are a couple of things that is important for me to put, make the point on. So, how is it then, brethren? When you come together, every one of you hath a psalm, a doctrine, a tongue, a revelation, hath an interpretation, let all things be done and edifying. That is the church list verse. In other words, it's saying that when you come together as a church, these are the things that should be going on in your church. What? Wait a minute, let's look carefully. So every one of you should be having a song, as in that is praising the Lord. We did that. We should have a doctrine. We're doing that now. Have a tongue. We didn't have that. Revelation with interpretation. A tongue, revelation, interpretation. We didn't do that, but we do that from time to time, decently and in order, as the Spirit leads. Let all things be done decently and in order, right? Now, it goes on, we're talking about speaking in tongues, and to briefly tell you the story, January 1 of 1901, in Topeka, Kansas, at the Bethel Bible College, there was a group of 40 students that were going to this college. The teacher sent them home this particular weekend with an assignment. He said, I want you to come back with the answer to this question. What is the initial physical evidence to know that you've been filled with the Holy Spirit? They were doing a 24-hour prayer vigil through the night. They came back. All 40 students had the same answer. They said, the initial physical evidence is speaking as in other tongues. Now, that is what the Bible says is of the nine gifts, that is the least of the nine gifts. So if you don't speak in tongues, if you don't have the least of the gifts, does it make sense that you probably don't have the other, other eight gifts, correct? But if you have the least of the gifts, you have the rest of the gifts because it's a package. He doesn't just give one gift here and one gift there. When we get baptized in the Holy Spirit, when we speak in other tongues, we get, watch this, watch this, we get all of the gifts, but then we use them severally as He wills. In other words, we don't use all nine gifts all of the time. We use them as the Lord directs. That's what He's saying here. So He says, when you come together, you should have a psalm or a psalm, a doctrine, like you're getting now, a tongue revelation and interpretation, let all things be done unto edifying. In other words, it should be to lift and encourage the church. Now, that is not to say everything in the church is supposed to be lifting and encouraging because there are other places where it says that, that they are to be rebuked openly so that others may fear. So there's a, 
There's supposed to be a police officer, what we call a prophet, in the church. And in this church, there is. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two, or the most by three. Why? Because it's supposed to be done decently in order. It should not be that just everybody just comes in speaking in tongues and makes us look. I mean, we have a guest, guest here today. We'd like to think he'd come back. We don't want to do things that look foolish. That's what the Bible is saying. At the most by three, and that by course, and let one interpret. If there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church. Let him speak to himself and to God. Meaning, let me put it this way. So speaking in tongues is speaking to God, and it is one person talking to God. It's not to be done publicly, unless, unless you have the next segment, which is an interpreter. One that can say, okay, this is what was said in tongues. The interpreter, so that you get the prophecy. But what I said last week is that it's better not have to go through all of that. Just hear from God and speak it. The point is to edify. As you've seen some prophecies come forth here that really encouraged the people, really guided them, really directed them. Probably everybody in here has had a prophecy like that. I know I certainly have. It's been a very, very big blessing. How is it then, brethren? We read that. Let your women keep silent in the churches. We may as well cover the elephant in the room because this is something that the men that don't understand are constantly beating up on the women. This is the verse that causes cults to occur. This is the verse that puts women down. And I am not one of those that puts women down. So let me explain it. So talk about it, right? Okay, so let your women keep silent in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak. But they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. So the women aren't supposed to speak. Wait a minute, wait a minute. It goes on. See, they stop there. They don't go to the next verse. I'll show you. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for a woman to speak in church. Why was that true? Because in those days, women didn't learn how to read write. And matter of fact, I might add, the men didn't do so good at it either. That's the reason even Paul and some of the disciples, that some of the Jews called them unlearned men. Not everybody, like we have today, is taught to read and write. And especially the women. The women, sad to say, were t treated more like cattle. They were broodmares. They were just to cook, clean the house, raise children. That's not the case today. <laughs> we're a long ways from that today. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that the women are the weaker vessel. Okay. If we're going to do an arm wrestling contest, the women probably don't win. But if we're going to do a mind test, the guys say, ah, we don't want to go there. Amen. <laughs> this is a good place for the women. That's right. That was a good time for an amen there. In other words, yes, the women are the weaker vessel, but boy, they carry the brains. You know, because when God was handing out brains, we misunderstood. We said, no, we, we don't need any trains. So the women got the, the brains and we got the trains. Yeah. They are a helpmate. One day, Leslie said to me, she says, you couldn't do this without me. And I thought, you know, Stan, 
if you bark back at that, you're going to be eating your words. So I said, you're right. <laughs> so in those days, they had the women set on one side, they had the men set on one side. As a matter of fact, that practice was still done up to even recently. Matter of fact, there are still some churches that still do that today. Women on one side, men on one side. And they still tell the women to shut up, got to wear a head covering, all kinds of... <sighs> Help me out here, what's the word? Okay, legalistic, very good. But the women and men sat together. So what it's saying is, if the woman that has not been trained has a question, he's saying, don't let her holler from the women's side of the church over to the men's side of the church. What is he talking about? That's not decently in an order. That's not done correctly. So what it's saying, let her ask at home. But today, it's not the case. There are some women that are more informed about the Bible than their husbands. We've seen some ministries out there where the husband says, let her talk. <laughs> let her talk. As a matter of fact, even in our ministry, when it comes to giving personal prophecies, go to Leslie for that. You know, Leslie's kind of more the spiritual person. I'm the word person, you know. You want to know the Bible? I mean, I'm the, I'm the Bible man, you know, right? She's the spirit. She's the one who hears from God. Does that make one ministry better than another? No, because if we're both the same, one's unnecessary. So I, I pray that the day will arrive when churches open their eyes and they invite us in as a team to speak and minister, me on Bible, especially Bible prophecy, and her on the things of the prophets and hearing God and things like that. <clears throat> anyway, so he says, let's go back through it. Let your women keep silence in the churches, since they sat on the other side of the church. It is not permitted for them to holler and interrupt the service over to the other side. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Ladies, this is your chance. Your, where's your amen? Amen. Amen. Well, that's pretty weak. But they're making up for it online. They're all saying amen online. You probably just can't hear them, but they're saying amen. Okay. But they're commanded to be under obedience, uh, as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home. But in today's society, it may be the woman knows more about the Bible than the man. Wherefore, brethren, now this is important, covet to prophesy. Now, prophesy is not always giving a personal prophecy, telling about the things of the future. A lot of times it's simply encouraging someone. It's saying, it's saying covet to hear from God. We should desire to hear from God. Covet's not a good word, you know, we're not supposed to covet. That means to desire things that are not ours. But in this case, we are supposed to desire to hear from God which is just like what the prophet just had people come up to get prayed for, to be able to hear from God better this morning, right? Yes. Covet to prophesy, forbid not to speak in tongues. But there's a place for it, correct? Amen. A place and a time for speaking in tongues. And that's not when all of the church speaks all the time. That's not people going around just speaking in tongues all the time on a personal basis either. In other words... Speaking in tongues is something done more in private. 
When I go into my prayer closet, I seldom, almost never speak in tongues in my prayer closet. Now, that's not saying it's bad. It's just that's just something I don't do. There are times when I speak in tongues. Matter of fact, there are times when Leslie says, we're in public. Did I say something? Yes, you did. Especially in the shower, you know. What'd you say? Nothing. Nothing. Never mind. I've even caught myself in public around someone. All of a sudden a phrase comes out. I'm sorry. What? Oh, no. Never mind. Nothing. What'd you say? No, that, I don't know. No, no. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Some of you are giggling and laughing and you know what I'm talking about. Some of you are sitting there with a straight face because you're not speaking in tongues enough. But as tongue talkers, we got it. Just like at the Solemn September Prayer Assembly when we're praying 48 hours straight through the night and we're listening to person every five minutes the microphone changes, another person, another person, another person every five minutes with a prayer. Man, I caught myself tongues coming out all the time as they're praying. Perhaps you did too. So there's a place for tongues. But there's a place not for them too. Correct? Let all things be done decently and in order. Let the prophet speak by two or three means there shouldn't be just prophecy after prophecy after prophecy after prophecy and that's the whole service. He's trying to tell us the way a service should be uh, conducted. So when there's a prophecy at the most by two or three prophecies or two or three people giving a prophecy and then let others judge. In other words, was that of God or was that not of God? Wait a minute. I thought we're all supposed to hear from God. Well, we are. But even Leslie will tell you that the way we learn whether that was God's voice is by discovering that sometimes it wasn't. In other words, no one's perfect. No one gets it right all the time. That's how we learn. <clears throat> if anything be revealed to another sits by, let the first hold his peace. For ye may all prophesy one by one. In other words, not all in a group. One by one, that all may learn and all may be comforted. The spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. Oh, I just couldn't hold it. Yes, you could. Oh, it just had to come out. Yeah, I know it was in the wrong place. I know it was the wrong time, but I just had... No, you could have held it. Right? There's a time and a place. Let all things be done decently and in order, right? And the prophet's one back here saying amen the most. This is the kind of things Leslie teaches in her school of the prophets. Spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets means we don't have to prophesy. We may get something. Sometimes we get something, but we didn't say anything. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, and in all churches of the saints. Now, <clears throat> let's jump to what, what do you want me to cover tonight. Here's the whole point. Acts, the, the miracles of Acts, the starting of the church, all of that is all about to repeat. That's what he keeps telling me. It's all about to repeat. The miracles of Acts are about to repeat, except for they're not going to be double portion. They're going to be sevenfold. I'll go back and say it again. Jeremiah 16, 19 through 21. O Lord, my strength and my, and my fortress in the day of affliction. The Gentiles should come to thee from the ends of the earth and shall say, Surely our fathers have inherited lies 
vanity, and things wherein there's no profit. And have made in themselves gods that are not gods. In other words, these people that serve other gods. Therefore, this once, I will cause them to know. I will cause them to know my hand and my might, and they shall know that my name is Jehovah. Meaning one time, and only one time in the 6,000 year history of man, God is going to show what he can do. He's going to come out of the closet, so to speak, with his might and his power. We are going to see, see, if, if you think what Paul did was big, you hadn't seen anything yet. If you think healings and miracles and signs and wonders like we're about to talk about, that's all the first wine. But he saved the best wine for last, right? So it's all about to repeat sevenfold. <clears throat> That's what we're talking about today. He's trying to get Spirit of Prophecy Church. He's trying to get those few people that know the Bible, that know and understand these, these last day things, to get prepared so we can use us. We want to be used, right? Amen. And it came to pass, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, finding the certain disciples. Okay, so what's happening here? So we're in Acts 19. This is many, many years after the upper room experience. So this is many years after he had already been there. He had already gone there and had ordained, laid hands on people for them to be apostles and prophets. Now he is making the round again back to these churches. Hey, how's it going, guys? He's going back to visit the garden where he had planted the seeds, right? Okay. Now, so he... He goes to find the certain disciples. He said to them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, we're, we're Holy Ghost? What, what Holy Ghost? We've not heard there ain't been any Holy Ghost. See, that's where it was January 1, 1901 in Topeka, Kansas. Apparently, <clears throat> there was no one on the earth that spoke in tongues at that time. So they all came back with the same answer. And they said, the initial physical evidence of, of knowing that you're, you're filled with the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. One lady stepped forward and said, well, in the Bible, they laid hand on them for them to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. So would you lay hands on me? So the girl stepped forward. The teacher laid hands on her. Boom. All of a sudden, she started speaking in tongues and prophesying. Next person stepped up. Boom. They got it. Next person. Boom. All 40 of them got it. All 40 of them speaking in tongues. And that was the start of the great end time movement of God. From there it went to Azusa Street. From there it went around the world. It started in Topeka, Kansas. I might add 13 blocks away is Washburn University. And their mascot is Ichabod, which is Hebrew for the Spirit of God has departed. Wow. And the zip code that our USPS put upon it is 666. The zip code where our office is in Topeka, Kansas, is 66609. We have people call, why are you in a 666 zip code? Well, I don't know. We think it's kind of a victory. We've got a prophecy ministry right in the middle of a 666 zip code. God wrought special miracles. Let me make sure. It seemed like I... You guys are getting a little tired. You want me to move along so you're speeding up the slides. Is that what it is? Somebody got another remote. I love you. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? We haven't heard that there be any Holy Ghost. 
He said, then, then how are you baptized? Oh, we've had John's baptism. What's John's baptism? Dunk him in, in water, right? Which is the most more important baptism because that's the one that gets your name into the book of life. That's the one that gets you to live eternally. If you don't have that one, then you don't have anything. That's the first step. The first step into the kingdom of God is getting water baptized. That means holy dunk. That's not sprinkled. Holy dunk. It's a picture <coughs> of Jesus being buried. We're buried with Jesus in the water and then we're washed clean. It's a picture of our sins being washed away. So he says, oh, we got John's baptism. <laughs> then, then Paul said, well, it is true. John absolutely, verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, water. Saying to the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. So they had the water baptism. They hadn't heard that there is a spirit baptism. Meaning there's two different baptisms. A, a water baptism to get your name written in the book of life so you can live eternally. The spirit baptism, however, is for boldness, power, and witnessing. Before I got the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I never talked about Jesus outside the four walls of the church. Once I had the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I couldn't shut up. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Wake you guys up. Hey, online they're saying amen. <clears throat> I love you. I just love you more if you get more excited, right? <laughs> For when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So how do they get the baptism of the name of the Lord Jesus? See, John's baptism is in water. Jesus' baptism is in spirit. John is to be saved. Jesus is to have boldness, power, and witnessing. In other words, when, when we ask to get the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we are laying our application at the feet of Jesus saying, Sir, we want to go to work. We want to serve. We want, you to ask, we want you to send us into the vineyard. Send us out to go win souls. This one is, I want to be saved. I want to have my sins washed away. I want to live eternally. This one is, I want to go to work. I want to serve. I want to walk in more power and more miracles. One is for salvation. One is for power. Thank you, Tony. We got to get these, these signs down. Okay. So when they heard this, they were baptized in the Lord, name of the Lord Jesus. The spirit baptism. How did they get it? Paul laid hands on them. And the Holy Ghost came upon them. And they spake with tongues and prophesied. So how do you know that you had the baptism of the Holy Spirit? If you speak in tongues. Now, there's two different kinds. We talked about this last week. There's two different kinds. There's one baptism that is <clears throat> the baptism of... There's two different kinds of tongues. There's one that is the tongues of men, like I'm talking in now. The other one is the tongue of angels, like I gave you the example. Dimitri showed up to speak to... Of course, he speaks Romanian. He showed up to give his testimony to a bunch of Germans. He said, you'll have to bring an interpreter. Well, they didn't bring an interpreter. So he stood up there and gave his testimony in Romanian for about an hour. When he was done, they came up and were asking him questions. He said, nah, I don't understand. This what are you talking about? You've been talking perfect German for the last hour. 
Okay, so that's the tongue of, tongue of men being interpreted. But what we're talking about is people can't understand it. Speaking in tongues and prophesying. And all the men were about 12. And he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading. Why was he disputing and persuading? Because he had the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He was speaking with boldness, power, and witnessing. Now, since we know that Acts and the, the things in Acts are about to repeat again, what's it telling us that we need to be doing? We need to be disputing and persuading. Now, that's not arguing. It means we need to be able to have an answer. Now, right now, most Americans don't want to know. The window shade comes down. End of conversation. I don't want to hear anything else. I don't want to talk about Right? They don't want to talk about that. But the time is going to come when they do want to talk about it. So I went to Walmart <clears throat> to get a couple of things. And as I walked up to the register, <laughs> it just popped out of me. I said, Muslim. He said, yes. I said, well, why is it Muslims want to live in Christian countries? I said, but then I guess, why do Christians want to live in Muslim countries? You know, I don't understand. But sometimes just things pop out. But when we had the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we will start disputing. And I would say this is giving an answer, not arguing, but being able to, when they say, well, what must I do to be saved? Do you have the answer? Well, can you explain to me what's going on? Do we have the answer? Can you tell me what's happening? What is this? What is this? Well, I believe our people can be pretty good at explaining. So they spake boldly for about three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. But when divers were hardened and believed not, means some of the people were hardened, hard-hardened, and they did not believe, but they began to speak evil of the way before the multitude. So they're talking bad about Paul and Silas and Barnabas. They're talking about bad about these apostles, and they're doing it publicly. Now, we wouldn't do that. We wouldn't go on the Internet and say anything bad about somebody else, would we? <laughs> so, this is the point. What do we do about that? He departed. He departed from them. Rather than arguing, getting into a fight, causing a big squabble, if they don't want to hear it, move on to someone that does. Amen. If they don't want to hear it, move on to someone else. Amen. He departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily. In other words, we should be, when we say disputing, they had to dispute because these people, a lot of them believed in idols. A lot of them believed in the Old Testament and they wouldn't believe it, having anything to do with this new Jesus thing. Today, we're fighting a lot of different things. But what it's saying to us is we need to be ready to explain. We need to be ready to give an answer. We need to be able to, to lead someone to the Lord. If someone comes up and says, what must I do to be saved? Do we have the answer? Can we, have you ever prayed with someone to receive Jesus? Disputing daily in the school of one Tyrannus, this continued to be the space of about two years. So for two years, now up here, there were about three months here disputing and persuading. Now they're disputing daily for about two years in the same place. So that all which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. 
How would you like to have this when you get to heaven? Yes, all of the people in whatever city you live in all received Jesus, heard about Jesus. Wouldn't that be an awesome thing? Yes. That's what they're talking about. That's what they're saying. All which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. God brought special miracles by the hands of Paul. Now, a lot of people <clears throat> have to be careful what I say here. Because I'm not saying it can't be done. But I want to point out it was a special miracle. God brought special miracles by the hands of Paul. Far as I know, there's not another place in the Bible where this same kind of a miracle took place. But I think what he's trying to say to Spirit of Prophecy Church this morning is, you think those were special miracles. Wait until you see my hand and my mind. Wait until you see what I can do in the future. So from that, from his body, let me back up. God wrote special miracles by the hands of Paul. So that from his body were brought unto the sick, handkerchiefs and aprons, and the diseases departed from them and the evil spirits went out of them. We have in many crusades anointed various pieces of cloth or handkerchiefs and prayed over them and sent them home with people. We have got some reports back that there were some prayers answered and miracles taking place. While it was a special miracle, in these days, I think we need to be looking and expecting for those special miracles. That's what he's saying. We need to get ready. We need to get prepared for those special miracles. So they laid the handkerchiefs, aprons on people, diseases departed, and evil spirits went out of them. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them, which had evil spirits by the name of Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. Now what are they saying? So they're trying to cast out a devil, saying, We command you to leave by the Jesus that Paul preaches. Do you see a problem with that? Yeah, there's a problem. And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, and chief priest, chief of the priests, which he did also. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but who are you? Now, what was wrong with the situation? The man in whom the evil spirit leaped upon them, overcame them, prevailed against them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. What was wrong? Where did they go wrong? Was it wrong that they tried to kick out the, the, the devil, the evil spirit? No. What was wrong was here. They didn't know Jesus. They hadn't prayed. These come, time come out by prayer and fasting. They hadn't prayed. They hadn't fasted. They didn't because they said, we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. If they had known Jesus and if they had said, we adjure you by the name of Jesus with faith, knowing who they are in Christ, what would have happened? They would have gone out and they wouldn't have been beat up. <clears throat> I recall Henry Goober told us several stories. He said that the Lord would send him down to the local bar. And he said the, the barkeep had a special table kind of resigned or, or, or reserved for him. He would come in and he would just have water and sit at the table and wait for people to come over and sit down at the table. And so when they'd sit down, of course, you'd have to understand who Henry Gruber was. 
a very kind, a very loving person. And when you're around him, you just feel the love. So you can try to imagine this. Some drunk stumble into his table. And it was like, come into my parlor, said the spider to the fly. It was more like, come into my table, said the soul winner to the sinner. <laughs> so they would stumble over and sit down at his table. And they would begin talking, whatever they want to talk about. But he said many times he would get to witness to him. Sometimes no. So he would do this on a regular basis. And the barkeep sometimes would even send people over. Go over, go over and sit with that guy. There, there's room over there. Go sit with him. Because he was seeing people getting saved. Well, he had told this story in several churches. <clears throat> he said that one guy was very insistent. He says, I want to go with the bar. I want, I want to go to the bar. I, I want to. I want to witness to people at the bar like you do. Henry said, you better know what you're doing. But he, he wouldn't accept no. So he says, I'm going to the bar with you. Well, okay. Well, his heart wouldn't write. And he almost got his teeth knocked out of his. Because his heart wasn't right. You've got to know what you're doing when you're dealing with something like that. And that's the kind of the same thing here. These guys didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know the Lord. We've got to know him. Prayer. Remember what Pastor Massey said at the Solomon September Assembly? He said three things that make a Christian powerful. Their giving has to be right. Prayer and fasting. Giving, prayer, and fasting. If that relationship is right here, if we know who we are in Christ, then you bet we can cast out those demons. <clears throat> And this was known to all the Jews and the Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus, and fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Because they saw real things taking place there. Many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. What does that mean? Showed their deeds. What does that mean? Showed their deeds. Let's read it again. And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Was that, okay, let me tell you what I do for a living. Oh, I mowed the lawn today. Is that what they're talking about? What are they talking about? See, how's it, where does it, it's in James chapter 5. Let him that is sick call the elders of the church together anointing them with the oil, that the prayer of the faithful will save the sick. And if they have any sins, let them confess the sins. What? Confessing sins? I remember one crusade we had. You know how it is when you got a bunch of prophets there. You never know what's going to happen. And I can't remember which one of the prophets said, we need to have people confess their sins. So we set up a microphone and said, who wants to come up and confess their sins? And man, after two or three people started confessing their sins, it was like boom, 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 boom. The Spirit of God felt really powerful in there. Let me tell you another story. Um, Charles Doss, great man of God. <clears throat> He's the one that said, put your hands up, son. I have a God's given you a double blessing, a double anointing. You're going to be a soul winner and save thousands upon thousands. Lord wants you to know all your sins to be forgiven. 
So he said he had been invited to a church. He said there had been a lot of miracles. We'd been having meetings every night for apparently several months. Every night, a different meeting, a different church. He said, I was on the stage, was getting ready to, to be introduced, to go up and speak. We were expecting great miracles to be at the meeting that night. He said, all of a sudden the Lord spoke to me and said, there won't be any miracles here tonight. What? <laughs> yeah, that's not what I want to hear, you know. So he had to walk up to the podium, and that's what he says. The Lord just told me there won't be no miracles here tonight. Walked over and sat down. Okay. Now, what do you do? One person started crying and repenting. Another person started crying and repenting. Before long, the whole place was crying and repenting. All of a sudden, miracles started breaking out more than he had ever seen. See, that's where America is right now. America's got this pride. I said a queen, and I'm no widow, and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death, mourning, and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. The average American out there, I don't need God. I don't need the Bible. I don't have to pray. I got a big bank account. I got a good job. I got a big house. I got a nice car. I got a lot of respect. I got a lot of friends. I mean, don't you know me? So God knows exactly what to do to put their face in the dirt. And that's the revivalist coming. He knows how to do it, and he's quite capable of doing it. Amen. So he says, so many have believed, came and they confessed and showed their deeds. Ever heard of Demos Shikarian? How many know that name? Demos Shikarian. <clears throat> he started the full gospel businessman. How many of you know that name? Okay. Okay. He wanted to win souls. So how the old full gospel businessman got started was this. He said he went to a, um, a park, and this was, I believe, I know it was in California, I believe it was San Francisco area. And he said he got a crew of people that were going to sing praise and worship songs. So this is just at a public park. And so they set up, they put up their microphone and their amplifiers, and they were singing praise songs. And then from time to time, he would ask people to come up and tell their testimony about how Jesus saved them and changed their life. Sometimes people come up, sometimes they'd have to have members of the band then come up and give a testimony. But before long, people started gathering that were at the park. And they started listening to these people giving their testimony. See, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto the death. It ought to be, we ought to have a testimony. So, when did you receive Jesus? Do you have an answer for that? Oh, yeah, let me tell you. I mean, he's like, we ought to be glad. Yeah, let me tell you when I received Jesus. Here's what happened. Yeah, you got a testimony, right? Well, what's he done recently in your life? Oh, yeah, let me tell you. We ought to have a bunch of those. So they started coming up and giving the testimony 
another one come, another one come, another one come. The crowd got bigger. The, the band played more. And before long, there was a big crowd and there was a lot of people getting saved. And he said he saw something. So it got to where every weekend he was setting up the band, doing the same thing every weekend. And then from there, it graduated to go into a hotel. And then today is full gospel businessman, which is around the world. They showed their deeds. One of the things I think is missing in the modern church is we don't do that. We ask people to receive Jesus. We ask people to get saved. But what they did was they would also say, all right now, tell us your sins. Tell us your sins. It's very quiet in here. How'd you like to do that when you get saved? Okay, stand up here and tell us your sins. Tell us your sins and you can get saved. You can receive Jesus. He'll forgive your sins. Tell us your sins. What are your sins? Well, it's very quiet in here. <laughs> but that's what they did. They showed their deeds. Many believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Many of them also which had curious arts brought their books. In other words, we're talking about divination, we're talking about witchcraft, things like that. The books together and burned them before. See, that's what they're about to do in America. They're about to start burning Bibles, but it should be the other way around. If we could just get the Christians to stand up and say, you people have other gods. If you want to live in America, you got to be Christian. If you don't want to be Christian, <coughs> there are plenty of other nations out there to accept you. And if you want to receive Jesus, bring your other books of your other gods. We're going to have a big burning. That's the way it ought to be. <coughs> so they burned the books all together before men, and they counted the price of them, about 50,000 pieces of silver. So that was a lot of books. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. That's what we need in America right now. Yes. We need the word of God to grow in America. After these things were ended, Paul purposed in the spirit when he was passed through Macedonia and Achaia to go to Jerusalem, saying, After I've been there, I must also see Rome. And he sent into Macedonia two of them that had ministered unto him, Timotheus and Erastus. But he himself stayed in Asia for a season and the same time. And at the same time, there rose no small stir about that way. For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, which made silver shrines for Diana. In other words, he made silver idols. He made idols of Diana for people to buy to worship Diana, the idol, the idol god. <clears throat> and it brought no small gain unto the craftsmen, whom he called together with the workmen of like occupation and said, Sirs, you know that by this craft is how we get our wealth, is how we make our living. We make our living making these silver idols of Diana and selling them. Moreover, you see in here that not alone at Ephesus, but almost all throughout Asia. So, so many people got saved. They quit worshiping, quit buying all of his idols. He's complaining. Nobody's buying my idols anymore because this Paul is getting people saved and receiving Jesus. We should see that in America. Amen? I believe we're going to see that. <clears throat> Because Paul had persuaded them to turn away much people, saying that they be no gods, which are made with hands. 
so that not only our craft is in danger, but to be set at naught, but also the temple of the great goddess Diana should be despised, and her magnificence should be destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worshipeth. And when they heard these things, they were full of wrath and cried out, saying, Great is... No, I can't say that. Yeah. I, I, I refuse to even say that. Yeah, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. <laughs> Just yeah. and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Yeah. He shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name, for thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee when thy judgments are made manifest. For the whole city was filled with confusion. Do you know what Babylon means? Confusion. Babylon. I saw another angel come down from heaven, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, has fallen, has become the habitation of devils, the hold of every foul spirit, and the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. That's talking about America. our nation. But we're going to do our best to pray and see as many people get saved and to soften and delay that judgment as much as possible. I'd like to see it delayed 40 years. That's what I'm praying, 40 years. So the whole city was filled with a confusion. Having caught Gaius and Aristarchus, Aristarchus, men of Macedonia, Paul's companions had traveled, they rushed with one accord into the theater. In other words, they're after this Paul guy. Now there's a lesson here. <clears throat> Why is God having us look at this today? Because there's about to be a time when, there are, when Christians are going to be hunted down. I want to think that it's many years down the road. If we pray and we fast, if there's enough revival, I believe it can be pushed down the road. But by the time it, he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark on the right hand or on their forehead, and that no man might buy or sell, save he had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name, when those days come, they're going to be hunting us down, just like they're doing here. So what it's saying gives us some tips here on what to do. So when Paul had entered, into the entered in under the people, the disciples suffered him not. It says, no, 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 Paul, don't go. Don't go in there. They will catch you and kill you. Now, Paul had already said, he's about to say again, but I'm willing to die for my Lord. There's a time to stand, and there's a time to run. In this case, Paul runs. There's a time to stand, and there's a time to run. We're willing to give our life for the Lord Jesus, but it may be that he wants us to continue to preach his name. Yes. So we have to do the right thing, right? Okay? Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Tony. Getting a few people in here. <clears throat> so the whole city's filled with confusion. They were going to rush in into the theater where he's speaking. But they came to Paul and said, no, 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 don't go in there. Don't go in there. And certain of the chief of Asia, which were his friends, sent unto him, desiring him that he would not go in to the theater. That's what he's saying. Don't go in. Don't go there. Some therefore cried one thing, some another, for the assembly was confused. <clears throat> and the more part knew not. Wherefore they were come together. And they drew Alexander out of the multitude, the Jews putting him forward. And Alexander, this is the, the coppersmith, beckoned with one hand and would have made his defense unto the people. But when they knew that it was a Jew, all of one voice, about the space of two hours, cried out, 
great is <clears throat> the idol. And when the town clerk had appeased the people, he said, You men of Ephesus, what man is there that knoweth not how the city of Ephesus is a worshiper of the great goddess Diana? Why didn't America say that? 1963, when the Supreme Court said, You've got to take prayer out of the schools. Why didn't the Christians stand up and say, You men of the Supreme Court, and women if there was one, you know how America was formed to be a Christian nation, and we're not taking prayer out of the schools. As we look back, <clears throat> that was the fall, the start of the fall of America. Yeah, Demetrius told the fall of America was started by the internal revolution. Really, the fall of America was start, started by the Supreme Court when they took prayer out of schools. I remember I was in the hall in the fourth grade, and one teacher turned to the other teacher and said, Oh, we can't pray anymore. The other one said, well, what do we do? And I heard them talking about it, and I didn't understand it then. But that was 1963. I would have been 10 years old in that day. So when I was 10 years old, they took prayer out of the schools. But I remember in the first and second grade, that was about the fourth grade, I can recall every day we said the Pledge of Allegiance. The teacher prayed. The other people prayed in the room. There was respect and love. We stood. We saluted the flag. There was a lot of patriotism. Now where are we? Because we have gotten off of the path, because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So here they are willing to stand up and say, Oh no, we've got a goddess in this area. This is our goddess. Well, why doesn't the American Christians stand up and say, we're a Christian nation. Because if you go to Saudi Arabia, they don't let you start a church. There's a lot of nations that say, no, 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 we're Hindus here, or we're Buddhists here, or we're Muslims here. We don't allow Christianity here. You can't start a church here. But okay, America, okay, yeah, you can start a church any place you want to. So they stayed there three months when the Jews laid wait for them. Oh, go back now. <clears throat> All right. No, you, 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 you go back a step. In the middle. Ah, somebody advancing my slides again. <laughs> right? And when the town clerk had appeased the people and said, You men of Ephesus, what man is there that knoweth not how the city of Ephesians is the worshiper of the goddess Diana? And of the image which fell down from Jupiter. That's what they believe. They think that this is a god. Okay? Garbage. Seeing that, that these things cannot be spoken against, you ought to be quiet and to do nothing rashly. Meaning, the warning for us, again, all of this is about to repeat. There will be a time when people will come to you and say, You need to shut up. You need to stop talking about this name Jesus. You need to stop talking about how homosexuality is wrong, that people ought to be able to choose whatever sex they want to, these sort of things, okay? You, those are all wrong. Those are all wrong. You ought to be quiet. You need to just sit down and shut up, boy. After that war was ceased, Paul called to him the disciples and embraced them. He departed to go to Macedonia. So once again, he had to leave in this case. You might say, yeah, but he should have stayed. Well, if he'd have stayed, there'd have been a whole bunch of the books of the Bible that would have never been written either. Okay, so again, there's a time to run, time to stand. <clears throat> when he'd gone over to those parts and given them much exhortation, 
So he would have missed a bunch of exhortation. Then he came to Greece and there abode about three months. When the Jews laid wait for him, so this is another occasion. So if they laid wait for Paul, they're going to lay wait for us. There's a time to stand and a time to run, but I believe God is going to guide and direct us what to do at that time. As he was about to sail into Syria, he purposed to return through Macedonia. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. Nah, 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 we, we can't talk that long. I mean, you've got 15 minutes, three points, and let's go eat. We observe that here. I mean, I've got three more minutes, right? And then we'll have bread, right? So he continued his speech until midnight. And there were many lights in the upper chamber, and they were gathered together. There sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus. Say Eutychus. Eutychus. Being fallen asleep in a deep sleep. See, there, that's a warning to us. Never fall asleep and stand. No, no. <laughs> in a deep sleep, and Paul was long preaching. And he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft. That's, there, there's roughly 10 feet between lofts. So that would mean it was about 30 feet up. And they say that if you fall more than 8 feet, it's considered to be a life-threatening situation. Just 8 feet can kill you. So he fell from 30 feet. <clears throat> fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. Paul went down and fell on him and embracing him and said, Trouble not yourselves, for his life is in him. He therefore was come up again and had broken bread and eaten and talked a long while even till break of day, so he departed. And they brought the young man alive, and there was not just, and they were all not just a little comforted. They were very happy. Meaning, what are we going to see? Miracles. We're going to see those kind of miracles. We will see the dead rise. We will see miracles. Great signs and wonders like no one has seen. I'm sorry, what? Oh, It's okay to fall asleep. All right, I think I'm going to end it there. Yes, amen. But if you fall asleep, you have to fall onto the floor. The point I think God is trying to get across to us is now is the time to be reading our Bible. Now is the time to be trying to push back from the world and draw close to the Lord. Now is the time for prayer and fasting. Make sure our prayer and our fasting and our giving is right. Make sure we're right. Amen. Make certain that we are right so that when the time comes for God to use us, like he did Cornelius, that he'll use us. Amen. I don't know when it's going to come. But, I mean, every time I get ready for this message, that's the primary thing he wants me to get across right now is get prepared for the great end-time revival. Get prepared. That's a lot of things. But get our heart right. Get our life right so that we can be a, a real blessing. Lord, <clears throat> I ask that everyone begin to hear your voice much more clearly. Not only in the night, dreams and visions, 
but also during the day as we walk through our life. Help us to hear your voice, that still small voice, and to know and to recognize that it is you. We ask you to order our footsteps and that you will be a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. Be that voice behind us speaking to us saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. And use us in these days to win many souls to you, Lord. Tell us what we need to do to get prepared. Yes, to get prepared physically, but also to get prepared spiritually to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so if you have prayer requests, I'll be happy to pray for you. And, oh, uh, let me point out this. Hopefully this next week, now you folks that are here know that that sign right here is not there now. It's just red brick across there. Well, this sign is in front, which is not going to be lighted. <clears throat> this sign on the side, of course, this is where they pull through for Whataburger. And this will be lighted. And of course, as they pull through Whataburger, they're going to see our sign. And then they're going to go to spiritofprophecychurch.com, which, by the way, I want to remind you, we need to update that whole website. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, I'm coming there. Speaking of offering, I'm not asking for any offering for this. I'm not asking. I'm not refusing either. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not asking. Uh, if you want to become a ministry member, if you're online or in person here, we ask you to go to spiritofprophecychurch.com. Click on Become a Ministry Member on the left side there. And click like, share, and subscribe. And then a little blue uh, arrow there points down if you're online. If you look down below, there'll be a, a blue line there where it says Donate. You can click on that and you can donate. You can be a part of what we're doing. Lord, bless those people that give. And if you are in the audience and if you want to give, we'll open the altars for giving and also for prayer. Thank you for watching online.